Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, the most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you, if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out, John o. White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just wanna find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Alex McRobert. Alex is the founder of the Mindful Life Practice, and she's based in Bali. Uh, She's a former party girl turned sober yoga girl, uh, originally from Canada, but has been living overseas throughout her 20s. She spent time in Kuwait, Abu Dhabi, and as I mentioned, now lives in Bali. She is a registered yoga teacher, educator, certified life coach, and Ontario certified teacher. In 2020, she founded the Mindful Life Practice, an online virtual soul center. Alex helps people quit drinking and develop a daily yoga practice as part of her 30-day and 60-day sober, curious yoga challenges. This is part of an online Zoom community of worldwide participants and yoga teachers. Alex hosts 30-hour sober, curious yoga teacher trainings, 200-hour yoga teacher trainings, and 300-hour yoga teacher trainings with a specialization in mental health. She has certified over 40 yoga teachers in the past year. She also hosts the Sober Yoga Girl podcast, which I would encourage everyone to check out. Uh, Alex, I am, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast, particularly because not only are you an entrepreneur running your own business, but I think what you're doing is, is a real need for leaders. So I'm really excited to have you on. Welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me and thanks for that introduction. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's amazing, and I'm really looking forward to you sharing your story. Before you do, can you give everyone uh, a bit of an insight into what you're doing at the moment? I know I, I gave you that uh, that uh, introduction in terms of the different things you do, but just give us a bit of a view into a day in Alex's life at the moment and your role and the and the organization you're leading. Yeah, absolutely. So I created a yoga platform in 2020 and the main thing that i do is that i help people take a break from drinking alcohol and use tools like meditation and yoga and coaching and community and connection to help them move through this sober curious journey and so i support people in initial sobriety through these 30 and 60 day challenges Um, And then I also run yoga teacher trainings on Zoom. So day in the life, I would be running different sessions all virtually on Zoom. And I'm currently doing all of this from my new home base, which is in Bali. Amazing. (laughs) It's so cool to hear what you're doing. And I I think firstly, that's going to inspire a lot of people uh, around the idea of, and I'm looking forward to hearing a bit of that in your story. But before we talk about more about Bali, which is uh, which is always tempting, uh, more importantly, I'd love for listeners to hear your story. You know, the, and feel free to go back as far as you want to Alex's childhood, or you know, whenever just some of the moments that really shaped you becoming who you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So I am originally from Canada. And I grew up in downtown Toronto and I had a very normal kind of North American childhood and upbringing. And 
one of the big things that was part of my journey when I became a teenager and in university was that I was this huge party girl. Like I was just really part of the party scene. And I was kind of like really, I mean, I was like enjoying the partying life. Um, but at the same time, I was also really, really struggling with my mental health from around, you know, age 16. And so at one point I was seeking counseling and not getting the support that I needed. And a counselor recommended that I try yoga. And so I started yoga as a resource and a tool for my mental health when I was around 18. I started doing it every day, multiple times a day. And this practice just completely changed my life and was like a lifeboat for me when I was struggling with this mental health disorder. And I look back and I'm like, if I didn't have yoga at that time, like, I, I don't know what I would have done. I don't know if I would have successfully been able to complete my undergrad because it really was this, um, like this still point for me to return to. And so I got really, really into yoga, really wanted to become a yoga teacher, really wanted to just do this with my life. And you know, my parents were like, not thrilled about that. Like they wanted me to, you know, follow, um, the, the career path that they would expect of me and want me to get like a, a traditional job. Right. And so they had helped me through school to become a teacher. So they really wanted me to follow through with that and become a teacher. And so at the time that I was graduating from school in Canada, it was very competitive to get teaching jobs and you had to be a substitute teacher for like a long time. And so they were really promoting us to go overseas. And so we had this fair brought to our university, all these jobs were um, offered to us and I ended up accepting a job in Kuwait. So like literally on the other side of the world. Wow. So, I went over to Kuwait when I was 23, which is just in hindsight, just seems like the most ridiculous thing because I already was like this party girl struggling with my drinking, already drinking like so many times a week. And then I moved to like one of the one dry countries in the entire world. Oh, of course. Yeah. And so my relationship and my dynamic with alcohol really changed because it became this thing. Like I had this obsessive mentality about like how to get it, how to make it, how to leave the country and travel on the weekend so that I could party and, and get out of Kuwait. And my like whole experience of that country was shaped by whether or not I had access to alcohol. And so this was something that I was massively struggling with. And I ended up sort of having a, another mental health breakdown at the end of my time in Kuwait and um, very fortunately got back to Canada and got support, but I still kept drinking. And like something I've learned about alcohol in my sobriety is that it's like really one of the least helpful things that you can be consuming um, when you're struggling with your mental health because it's depressant yeah. and it can trigger anxiety and it's just... And I feel like there's just so little awareness um, out there about like, you know, the second pandemic happening right now is like mental health crises for people. And there's so little awareness. No one wants to talk about alcohol. Everyone is like, oh, you should, you know, eat well and exercise and sleep. And, and it's like the elephant in the room. Yeah, true. 
So I ended up moving to Abu Dhabi then in 2017. And when everyone would ask me, like, you know, uh, what are you looking forward to about Abu Dhabi? I would say, well, alcohol's legal. <laughs> and yeah. the thing about Abu Dhabi is that it was like a huge party nightlife um, part of the region. And so all of a sudden, like all of my friends were, you know, there were ladies nights every day of the week and all these brunches. And so my drinking just like really, really, really accelerated here. And it's so funny when I look back because I'm like, you know, I thought that coming to this country where alcohol was legal would make everything better. And it like actually made everything like a million times worse. Wow. But it ended up propelling me really soon. So I was in Abu Dhabi for just over, I think it was not even two complete years, a year and a half before I realized like I had to quit drinking. And this was like this pivotal moment for me because for these six years, I had been a teacher. Well, I think I've been a teacher at that point for four years. And for four years, I had just been living and almost, I describe it as like sleepwalking through life, you know, like you're just yeah. following this path that everyone else is following doing this job just because, you know, that's what your degree is in. And when I quit drinking, it was like this, the first few weeks were like probably the hardest, you know, days of my life with all of these cravings and all of these struggles and, and my mental health was just all up and down. And then as soon as you hit this point, when, when everything kind of, um, you know, the sand settles, the water clears and, and you realize you're looking at your life really clearly and you're like, okay, why was I drinking so much? And it was probably because I just was not living in alignment with like my purpose and, and who I want to be. And like the, mm. this career that I was so drawn to from like right at age 18, I was like, this is what I want to do with my life. And then I ended up just, you know, heading in another direction. And so as soon as I got sober and got clear, it was like probably a month into sobriety where I was like, okay, it's time for me to start actually trying to make this happen. And so that was in 2019. And that was kind of when the flip switched and I stopped having all these, you know, excuses of like, um, I would, I would say like, oh, the yoga market is too saturated. There's nothing special about me. Like there's no way that I could, you know, build a business and survive. And in 2019, I was like, you know what, I can do this. And I was speaking to someone earlier today and I look back and I'm like, wow, if you told me three years ago that I would be living in this villa with a private pool in Bali, running this online business, <laughs> like I would, you know, I have like 15 yoga teachers working for me. I have this like huge community. I have an app. Like I would have never even imagined that I would be able to create all of this. And, and I did, and it just shows how once you kind of start believing in yourself, you can, you can do anything. Mm. That's, that's incredible. I, I love, I love your story so much and I really want to explore it more. I, I'm interested in that pivotal moment, like you said, when you really made a decision, it's like that, uh, you know, you really flipped a switch. Um, do you remember where you were when that happened or how you were feeling or the, like what, what specifically triggered that sort of boom, I'm going to actually make this work. Yes. And, um, it seems really, um, out there. <laughs> um, so what happened to me was at the time that I was kind of waking up from this, 
almost like waking up from the matrix or like being like, what am I doing? I kind of had all these ideas of like, okay, how can I um, basically stop being a teacher, but still stay in education, like still have a salary. So I was like, okay, maybe I can like, you know, be a reading specialist or be a gym teacher or like, you know, be a principal. And I was like exploring all these avenues. And I had this assistant teacher at the time, I was grade one teacher and my assistant teacher had been saying on and on, like, I worked with her for four years and she was always talking about this psychic healer that she saw. And I said to her, you know, I don't believe in psychics. Like I would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When she talked about him and I was 30 days sober at this point, so desperate, so lost. She says, she says, you should see my psychic. And I'm like, well, you know, it's it's not going to hurt. Right. If I don't like it, it's just whatever. I'll, I'll explore it. And so I drove, he was in Dubai. I was in Abu Dhabi. So I drove all the way to see him. It was like an hour and 40 minutes. And I got into this room with him and he said, close your eyes, count down from 21 to one, open your eyes. And he just says, you were never meant to be a teacher. You're supposed to be a healer. And I just like sobbed and he, he's like, yeah, you're going to have this retreat center, but it's going to be so different and so unique. And, uh, you're going to be moving to South America and, um, which I think is Bali. Like, I think he just kind of saw visions and interpreted them. Hmm. Um, But he, he, the thing is that everyone says like, oh, you know, don't believe in psychics or psychics, you know, are just going to send you in some direction. But I'm like, no, he didn't put any idea in my head that I didn't already have. But what he did was he spoke about it as if it was happening instead of just a dream. And this was, this was the day that it changed my life. And I just, it was like, I was no longer sitting there being like, I wish I could be a yoga teacher. It was like, I am going to make this work. And I think it's a massive mindset shift. And he was just the person who facilitated that shift for me. And so for everyone that looks different, like some people might not believe in psychics and that's fine, but there's like other forms of mentors who can help you. It's basically this big mindset shift from like playing it small to playing it big. And you have to make that shift if you want to, um, if you want to change your life. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate you sharing such a vulnerable moment. And, uh, I'm interested to know when you, now that you reflect on that moment and you go, wow, there was something that happened there that, that led to this big shift in mindset. Uh, I know you sort of answered this already, but what, what changed for you from before that moment to to after it? Like, can you unpack that a little bit? Yes, it was about, it was about the way I thought about myself and my capabilities and my dreams. Um, like I distinctly remember, you know, meeting this guy in a few months before I met the psychic, I was out partying in Southeast Asia, you know, backpacking around. I met this guy who was like a very wealthy, um, you know, he was born into wealth and he was an entrepreneur. And I was telling him, like, I told everyone, I want to be a yoga teacher. And he said to me, well, why don't you just do it? (laughs) And I said, well, yoga teachers don't make enough money. And he said, well, why don't you start a business? And I was like, well, I don't have enough money to start a business. <laughs> and I was like, so annoyed by this guy. Cause I'm like, this guy's out of touch with reality. He clearly was born into money and he, that's kind of what, 
you know, made his life happen. Yeah. And then I was three months later with this psychic saying to me, you're going to start this amazing business. And instead of me thinking like it would be impossible to start a business, I had this shift in my mind where I was like, it is possible. I am capable. And I started like conquering and figuring things out. Mm. Like, all of these things in my, you know, in the beginning of starting a business, like sorting out legal stuff, business licenses, like accounting, like all of these things that I would have thought that I wasn't capable of and just be like, oh, I can't do that. I'm going to play it small. Like I was like, I can do this and I'm (laughs) going to figure it out. I'm going to do it on my own. And it was just a a big mindset shift. Yeah, that's, I I really like how you've unpacked that. I I have so many different things I want to ask you about, but I'm thinking of listeners who might be thinking, oh, that's me. I am the teacher saying, I want to be a yoga teacher. Uh, I've had, you know, someone might be listening, thinking I've had that moment where someone said, well, why don't you go and start that business? Or So what advice would you give to someone who is on the precipice and has that passion? They know what it is, but they're still doing something else. What advice would you give to them based on your experience? Well, I just think back to, you know, that, that time in my life. And, um, I remember something else that was going on was I was like completely, I, I had so much debt and I remember having like these moments in tears where I was like, Oh my God, I've made a mess of my life. Like I've spent maxing out my credit cards, like partying in Abu Dhabi. And it just felt like the the hole I was in was so deep that there was like no way out, you know? And so I might as well just keep stay in the hole (laughs) um, at times. And I would say to people, like, if you're in that position where it was like me, I was like, there's no way that I'm ever going to get on top of this. And there's no way that I could ever like see myself creating something like I have created now. It's like, just start, you know, it's not going to be like, um, for me, it was not an overnight thing of like, okay, all the, all the problems are fixed now. Like it was like bit by bit, you know, just start, you know, pay off all your credit cards, cancel your credit cards, um, like start investing, start, like just, just start and, and look to mentors and look to leaders. And, and this is a big thing on my journey is like, I have sought out so many mentors and I feel like I'm always talking about like, you know, my psychic, my business coach, my financial coach, like, and, and it feels at times, sometimes, you know, I used to be this way. I would think, oh, I don't have enough money for that, you know, therapist, or I don't have enough money for that healing. And I don't have enough money for whatever, but I do have enough money for like a bunch of pints of beer. And, (laughs) um, and I think we don't invest in ourselves enough. But I know for a fact, like if I had not invested in like a business coach, for example, I would have not been able to take the business to the point that I've been able to take it to in two years, you know? So I would say like reach out to mentors um, because it's just like a space for you to bounce off ideas and grow and and get encouragement. That's so good. Uh, I I love the advice, uh, you know, I think it's Dave Ramsey in the US does a lot of stuff around around finances. And I don't really follow him uh, that closely. But I one thing I have seen that, that it sounds so simple, but just starting with the smallest debt you have, and just, mm-hmm. just starting to pay that off. And like you said, starting with with credit cards, and, and, and realizing that that is one step in the direction of your business, if someone's in that sort of role where they are really yeah. feeling um, like weighed down. 
And then the the other thing I would uh, I would add, and I was chatting about this in the last podcast, and uh, one of my favorite leadership authors is a guy named Patrick Lencioni, and I love uh, I love his work. He talks around teams, but I think it's perfect for entrepreneurs who are at that precipice to ask the question, "What's most important right now?" And just to take that, like just that one step idea, just like get started. What yeah. if you could just do one thing? you know, in the next, and sometimes for entrepreneurs, it's not three, it's not a year, it's not three months. When you're starting, it's like in the next week, what's like, what's the one thing I, you know, it's, it's get my website, set up my first, uh, you know, uh, website. That's just a basic version. So I've got something there to move to step two or, um, and uh, yeah, I love that advice. And I think most people who you hear who are successful starting their own organizations talk about that. They say, you just got to, you just got to push through and you just got to do the next thing. It's not some yeah. big linear path you can yeah. plan out. You just got to take the next step. Mm-hmm. What about as you started your business, what what did you find, you know, you, you've obviously experienced uh, a lot of um a lot of growth and I think it's I think it's amazing what you're doing. What have you found for those who might be a year behind you or, or are stepping out of the precipice? What have you found challenging about going from the the solo getting it going to now having a team? Um I think one of my biggest challenges in the beginning was I didn't know how to, I guess maybe I, I wasn't applying leadership skills that I had used elsewhere in my life into the way I managed my yoga teachers and Mm. my whole team. And I feel like I was working so, so, so hard. Like I was working like 24 seven for a couple years to get this thing going. And then at times I would be like resentful that I felt like I was like the only one working so hard. And I think I had to come to this realization that it is my baby. So I am going to love it. Like I'm going to eat, breathe and sleep it. Like I'm wearing a shirt with a logo of it right now. You know, like this is my baby and it's not anyone else's baby. And so they are, I can't expect them to be eat, sleep, breathing my brand. Um, but I also need to like motivate them and support them and cheer them on and, and empower them and try to release that release any resentfulness I have and like appreciate the value that they add to the team. Because when they feel appreciated, then everyone is happy and everyone's working hard and, I think that was one of the biggest things I had to learn was like, okay, I had that. I think I had that when I was a teacher, but I, I don't think I was like shifting my leadership skills that I had from teaching into the way that I managed people. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I think that's really profound. It's like there were some things that you were maybe on autopilot or maybe it was just the an expectation of yourself to go I'm going to act like that that's now that you're running your own business it's some of it that came naturally over there but suddenly seems a bit counterintuitive and you've got to actually go no I need to the same things that I did there to deal really well yeah. with kids or with parents or with other teachers and teach if if I'm leading teachers I've got to do that as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. yeah and it's little things like um 
I had this hypnotherapy session a couple weeks ago. I do like all the spiritual things now. <laughs> and um, this hypnotherapist said to me, you know, imagine your whole team in front of you a few years from now, like, what are you saying to them? And it was this big thing of like me saying thank you. And then I woke up from this session and I was like, have I thanked them enough? Like, I don't know. And so I sent them all, I spent like three hours the next day sending them all gift cards with like little personalized notes. And it's just like things like that, where it's like, this would not exist without them. And I can never forget that. That's I, I, and I say this too, it's funny, you know, that sounds so simple, but it's, it's one of those things. There's a couple of things that I, I find entrepreneurs and, and, uh, you know, w- when you have less than sort of a hundred people or even 50 people, it, it's all hands on deck. And sometimes we just feel like we're just trying to, um, you know, just trying to get things done and this stuff slips off the radar, but they, it makes such a difference. Yeah. I love that you wrote personalized notes. That's one of my favorite. I find myself saying to leaders all the time, just, you know, when's the last time you, you wrote a handwritten, like even if you just do one a week to get around to your different team, it's, it, it, it's so meaningful when you put thought into it. And um, so I, I think that's, you know, it's one of those things that at the time you go, oh, am I thanking them enough? But I definitely think there'd be a lot of people listening who I, I would, you know, um, challenge them to go and or to ask the question, how much are you thanking your people? And and not just yeah. verbally, not just publicly, uh, but something about writing it out that that really makes a difference. And then a reward as well is nice, but there's something really, I don't know what it is, just writing that personal, it's the, it's the time you take, it's the fact that you've noticed, it's the thought, if you can put thought yeah. into it, it it's, it's really powerful. And I love that idea of doing it one a week because then it wouldn't be this overwhelming. Like it literally took the whole, the whole morning one day. And my, my friend asked, I was staying at my friend's place in Dubai and he said, did you work today? And I was like, I don't really remember what I did. <laughs> I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, you 100% did work. <laughs> yeah. But it's, um, no, that's, that's, oh, that's, that's gold. Uh, let me change up a little bit. And I, I want to talk to you about mental health and well being and ask you around. So, what have you seen coming from being a teacher, which I work with a lot of schools and it's teaching is, um, is tough. I I have to admit, like it's it's a really challenging. I I, I think it's. I, I just feel like there are a lot of teachers out there that are really doing exception, doing an exceptional job and finding it really really hard, um, yeah. particularly through COVID. But also across the board for leaders. Now that you're doing what you're doing, you must you must be on the other side where you're now helping people, leaders, entrepreneurs. Um, uh, you know, through through yoga and through, what are you seeing in terms of how people are, are managing or not managing well-being and mental health? Some of those challenges, you know, around COVID that you sort of touched on right at the start. Yeah, well, I feel like when I so first when I became a yoga teacher way back um, when I was really struggling with my mental health, I felt like a bit of a fraud sometimes because I was like. There's almost this idea that like yoga teachers were like, you know, come out of the womb and just like have all these knowledgeable ways about how to like 
have good mental wellness and then they just like teach it to others right and in reality that's like not really the case like a lot of yoga teachers they themselves have struggled and that is what has brought them to this practice to learn coping skills and it's profoundly touched their life so much they want to share that with others like i would say majority of my team that is their story like they you know struggle with stress or anxiety or work or whatever and they learn these skills and now they're so passionate about it that they want to share it with other people. And yeah, I think in my life journey, I have known that I have noticed that when I am not taking care of myself and I'm not putting myself first, everything else falls apart. And I've even seen it with myself, like running this business. I'm a yoga teacher. I'm teaching classes and I'm then like not attending classes myself. Um, and that was actually, I said at the start, like I've just come from a yoga class, which is great because now I'm putting that into my priority yeah, every that's day. Very good. Mm-hmm. And I don't do it on my app. I don't, I do attend my community classes sometimes, but I consider that more as like working. And then I have like my own personal practice that is like away from the community. And so I just feel like so much, um, it's just so important to prioritize yourself and take care of yourself. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about like investing in mentors, investing in healing. And I feel Mm. that we have this whole perception and I definitely felt it of like, you know, putting myself first was selfish or prioritizing my well-being. You know, I should be investing in other things and not myself. But when I am well, then I can support everyone around me. And when I'm not well, then I cannot. And so I think that there is just a big uh, societal shift that that needs to happen around that. And especially in COVID and with everything going on, like when I was uh, teaching in the classroom, like it was just, um, it was overwhelming at times. And I think carving out that day, that time in your day, no matter what is going on, you know, even if like I have a lot of parents who are part of my yoga community and it's like finding, I think they feel guilty, like taking that hour for, you know, mom to do yoga, but that is what is going to help you, you know, be there for your kids and show up for them and be patient for them. So do whatever you can to carve out and protect that time to, to support yourself. Yeah. I love that. I, I think, I think you're right. I think it is a mindset shift that we are having, um, you know, across the world. I think the greatest example for me is if you think about when you were, when you were studying in school and, um, and college, and you, you think back to the idea of cramming before a test. And, um, I think the thing that really struck me recently around this is when I read some material about sleep, which is, which is really becoming like, that's like the things that we're talking about here, particularly things like yoga, I feel like is, as you said at the start is catching up with things like sleep and eating well, that that's, that's starting to get the recognition it deserves already. But the idea of sleeping and and the research saying, you know what, if you want to get the best out of an exam, the next day, the research shows rather than staying up and cramming to really get everything into your brain, you should try to get to bed or or try to get an extra couple of hours sleep. And I think that's the shift. It's like for all of us, it's looking at our businesses and looking at our personal lives and saying, where am I cramming? Where am I Mm -hmm. like, let me just stay up the night before and really make sure I smash this out and go, actually, I know that feels productive, effective, efficient, but it's more you know what what is the go to what is the go to bed early and get a good night's sleep version of strategy or version of personal 
well-being that we need to bring into our our culture our company cultures to to change that totally and that's actually something that i have been actually really dealing with myself this week because it's funny i say so much about like you know taking care of yourself and then you look at my schedule and i'm teaching like 30 like at least 30 hours a week of yoga between like my yoga teacher trainings yeah my general classes and i because I'm running three different yoga teacher trainings now with you know, multiple Zoom sessions a week to reach the different time zones. And I finally had to say this weekend, you know what? I have this amazing team of yoga teachers. They all want to teach lots of classes. It's time for me to step back from the general classes. We have like probably 2000 video recordings of me teaching general classes. Like, <laughs> And I can give that opportunity to other people and they all want to step into it. Like they all want that. And so it's for me, it's like I need to let go and then create this space for me and so um i also here i am talking about it and i'm also i need to walk that walk and i'm like slowly letting go yeah i i really identify with that as well and i think what you said about finding something that works for you personally that's been a big breakthrough for me recently and i've tried so many different things just to uh just to just to invest in my personal well-being and and recently it's getting it's been getting into cycling just by myself along the river you know where we live with a with a book on (laughs) um where I can it's like that for me I've found that and today I I said no to a to a BD call because I would have meant I wouldn't have been able to to go for my cycle um and that and go cycling and that has made such a difference um i wonder though there must be people listening who are going maybe yoga is something maybe that could be my my thing to check out and maybe they're new to it what what i know this might sound like a silly question but what does that look like say someone's listening and they're going hmm alex maybe this is the sort of thing that that could really help me um like that mum who needs to make that hour in in you know and find that hour to invest in herself and, and be still. What does it look like for someone to go from never having done yoga? Where would where would you start? Um, well, on my so on my company app, the MLPC, um, which is the short form for the Mindful Life Practice, um, we have Zoom yoga classes happening almost like all day. We have yoga teachers on every continent, which is amazing. And oh, so that's awesome. It's incredible. Yeah. And we also have everything that is taught on Zoom is recorded on demand. So we have like a really rich on demand library. And so if you're someone that's new to yoga, well, if you are that mom, we do have a special mom's class actually happening right now because I have a teacher who is that mom who has created this special like mama's mindful moments, which is amazing. Um, But we also have tons of beginner classes. on on my app it's called mindful flow one um and so there's something for everyone and the really cool thing about our community is that it it really is a community and that's what makes it different than just putting on a youtube video and i think that's a really important thing when you're trying to find um you know if you're in a place like i was where i was feeling like purposeless and feeling lost like feeling like you're part of a community makes a huge difference oh yeah and um and that's the cool thing about what we do we're not just you know the on-demand videos we're all about community and connection that's amazing uh and community is oh i feel like it's so under underrated i don't know much about data and research around community but my my guess is that 
in coming years, we're just going to realize more and more how much being in community um, is a game changer and, and not having that community is, uh, is really terrible for us um, and for how we live our lives. So I think, I think that's, that's amazing because like you said, people could just turn on YouTube and try to give it, give it a go themselves. Um, but having that community is, is actually something that people might not think about, but that's in and of itself, even beyond what you're doing physically with, um, with the yoga is, is probably part of, um, looking after yourself. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're someone who's listening to this, who's curious about the sober programs that I do, um, the community is the thing that really, really, really is important because when you are quitting drinking, oftentimes you're like the only one in your peer group doing it. Yeah. And the amazing thing is, is that you're put right into like, we do a 30 day challenge at the start of the month. So you have your little group of under 10 of us, but then everyone gets a buddy from the previous month. So you have a buddy who's just a little ahead of you in sobriety between, you know, 20 and 30 days. And then you have this greater community of like all these friends around the world. So it's really, it's quite magical. Like it's a really wonderful place to, to go through that. And I wish I, you know, we often create what we wish we had. And I wish I had this when I was first getting sober. So, yeah. So how does, if someone is listening and going, that's, that's me, this is, this has been on my mind. And now I'm like, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm ready to really um, tackle this. How do they get involved in that, Alex? Yeah, so we start the 30-day Sober Curious Challenge at the beginning of every month. So uh, we're coming up now on the February challenge. So we're starting on the 30th of January, but usually it's around the 1st or the 30th, whenever it's the weekend. Um, and you can head to the website, themindfullifepractice.com, and you'll find um, a link. I can share the link to the page to sign up. And every group we take, I personally lead these challenges. So I only take 10 people each month um, just so that I can actually really keep track of everyone and um, and really support everyone because I've done it before where I had you know 30 people and it just was too many. So we keep them small. <laughs> um, Great. So uh, if anyone's listening, whenever you're ready at the start of any month, you are definitely invited to join us. Oh, that's awesome. I really hope that uh, that it's the right time, right place, uh, right message for someone listening going, actually, this is probably the wake-up call to, to do that because it's been in the back of their mind. Let's do the Leadership Express. So I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions and just give me the first sort of answer off the top of your head. You ready? Okay, perfect. Okay, what is a book that you've gifted a lot to other people? Um, Meditations from the Mat by Rolf Gates. Oh, cool. Ah, I always enjoy hearing different uh, books I haven't heard about before. Any great podcasts you listen to or other sources that you're reading, watching, listening to at the moment? I love Dear Gabby, Gabby Bernstein. She is like a manifester, um, extraordinaire, super empowering. So I love her podcast, Dear Gabby. And just give uh, your podcast another plug because <laughs> I know I want to make sure people uh, keep that front of mind. Yeah, amazing. Mine is Sober Yoga Girl. Awesome. Uh, what's a recent leadership or entrepreneurship lesson you've learned for the first time or been reminded of? I think the the lesson that I shared earlier about making sure that I'm always thanking my team and um, and recognizing that this wouldn't exist without them. So good. 
a time management productivity tip or a tool or resource you use? Mm, I don't know if I'm the best at time management. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm always on my Instagram. I'm always... Well, you're very productive. <laughs> what about productivity? Is there anything, uh, do you have any go-to tools or resources, any sort of, any tips around I mean, that? It's okay if you don't. I mean, I guess it's my yoga practice. It's my yoga practice that like anchors me and centers me for, for my day and my, my life. I guess that's it. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, a tip around work-life balance. Make sure that you carve out time for yourself. Great. What's a, what's a brilliant piece of advice you've received from someone at some point in your life? It's a good question. Ah, you know, one piece of advice is coming to me um, when I was a teacher, when I was a beginner teacher and I was, I was working like 13 hour days to try and be like the perfect teacher and have the best classroom and like, you know, be the most amazing. And I remember one of my colleagues saying to me, you cannot do everything well. It's impossible. So just let it go and just pick like one or two things that you want your students to succeed or really learn by the end of the year and just focus on doing those things really well. And I think that can be applicable to my business too. When I started the Mindful Life practice, like every month I had a different thing, like you know, the yoga challenge, the meditation challenge, the fitness challenge, the whatever. <laughs> and I cannot do everything well. And I finally just settled on it's the sober curious yoga challenge. That's what I'm really good at. I can't yeah. do everything well. So I'm just going to do my one thing really well. That's amazing advice. Oh, that's gold. Uh, what's a big struggle or problem that you see entrepreneurs facing today? I think the biggest struggle is getting discouraged early on mm. and not realizing like I have so many friends who have had an idea to start out a business and they've you know tried it for a few weeks and and no one's ordered whatever and so they've <laughs> kind of you know just shrunk away from it and I think the reality is like for me I had to work pretty much devote like my whole life while I was working my day job to also build my business on the side. And it was really, really, really hard to get to this point. <laughs> and so I think when you're starting out, people don't realize that it is going to be, if you really, really want to make it happen, it's, there's going to have to be sacrifices in the beginning. It will get better. <laughs> but the, the early days, I definitely really, really had to put a lot of hard work into it. And so don't get discouraged early on. Um, you know, it's going to take time to break even. It's going to take time to profit. It's going to take time to build, but just keep, if you believe in what you have to offer, then it will succeed. Yeah. That, that reminds me of a coffee I had with a really successful, um, entrepreneur who has a global business. And it was when I was starting clarity and I sat down with him and I was so excited about starting my, my business. Um, and I just remember he sort of, he, he was sort of looking at me with this sort of look as I talked all about it. And I can't remember exactly how he said it, but he, he said something like, just, you know, just so you know, you know, the first, he sort of just told me the story of him and how he was like exactly what you said, working full time and then 
coming home and, and doing his business till the early hours of the next morning. Not all the time, but sometimes it was just full on. And, and his thing was you, if you're not that passionate about it, like you need to make sure that you're picking something that you're that passionate about. And, um, and the amazing thing was, I was like, well, yeah, I, I am that passionate about it. But I think I was a little naive that it would be that hard. But the thing for me is that at least I was that passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, and I think it's that if, if you can really find something you're that passionate about and realize it's going to be that hard, then it's like, I feel like you, you're more prepared than, than I was anyway. Yeah. Because <laughs> it is hard those first few years. Uh, a movie or TV show that really impacted you? Um, man, I'm not like a big movie or TV show watcher. <laughs> Although my favorite story, like of all time, I love the book and I love the movie, um, is Eat, Pray, Love. Um, ah, yes. Yeah. Hence why I now live in Bali. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, that counts. That's great. Uh, what about a quote that you're particularly fond of for life or leadership? Oh, that's a good one. So many good quotes. Um, I have a actually one that comes to my mind. Um, it is a it's a night chant from um, I believe it's a night chant from Buddhist monks, and it. Uh, I hope I can repeat it all. It goes. Uh, Time passes swiftly. Opportunity is lost. Let us awaken. Awaken. Do not squander your life. Mm, that's beautiful. What's a tip for finding and keeping great talent? Mm, uh, appreciate them. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I love a good theme. I love it when themes come around because it's good to remind ourselves and, and listeners. Two more. If you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say? I would say that you do not need to know all the answers. And I think sometimes people feel like if they're the leader or they're the person, they're the teacher, they're the person in charge, that they have to know all the answers. Um, But think it's okay to be able to say like I don't know let's find that out um and just kind of be humble about your your knowledge yeah that's great and what's the best thing you're doing at the moment that leaders should know about the best thing I'm doing at the moment um I guess working with my coach (laughs) Sorry, I just missed that. Working with? Working with my coach, having a coach. Uh, amazing. Yes. Uh, well, it's um, it's been such a joy to catch up. I know we've mentioned a couple of different ways already that people can can get connected. But if, if people are listening and just really want to connect with you or find out more, um, can you just tell us again where people can find you? Yes. Yeah. So I'm a big Instagrammer. So you can find me on Instagram at Alex McRobs. And my community is also on Instagram, the Mindful Life Practice and Sober Yoga Girl podcast. And my website is the Mindful Life Practice. Perfect. 
Uh, well, I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. And I, like I said at the start, I really think this sort of conversation around well-being and, and mental health for leaders is a, we are going through a shift at the moment. And I think it's really important. Um, a reminder for listeners that we also have the leadership conversations. Uh, well, this is the leadership conversations podcast. I also have the leadership question of the day podcast, where I put a stone in your shoe and ask you a different question to challenge you in your leadership and the John O'White leadership podcast, which is more just, you know, tips on different elements of of leadership for you to check those out uh but the biggest thank you i want to give is to alex it's been such a joy uh for you to share your story so vulnerably and i really believe uh what you've shared today is going to really um impact and really touch some some listeners and and hopefully be a bit of a you know maybe be that moment that that really shapes them becoming um everything they're meant to be so thank you so much for for chatting and coming on alex Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership, and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org, right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this, I can't tell you how much 
that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and, and please do that. And look for me, John White or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. 95% uh, of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.